The Comic Book Time Machine, Episode 71, Justice League Gods and Monsters, Part 4, Justice League Gods and Monsters, Genesis. Hello, time travelers. Welcome to another episode of the comic book Time Machine. And in this episode, it's a what if slash elseworlds slash related episode where we are talking about something related to what if and elseworlds, something I love very much when I read my comics. What if and elseworlds, they are stunning sagas of alternate realities that can't, couldn't, or shouldn't exist. And in this case, it's the Gods and Monsters series. This is part four of our coverage of Justice League, Gods and Monsters. And in this episode, we are talking about the three-issue series, Justice League, Gods and Monsters, Genesis. At least that's what I'm calling it. It's not the cover, but it's what, what the story is. I'm not alone. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I have been joined by Evan, Evan David. Welcome. Hello, everybody. I'm back again. And here we are. We're going to talk about this three-issue miniseries that uh, we just got out of our time machine. We had to go back to August 12th to pick up issue one. Then we went back to August 19th to pick up issue number two. Then we went to August 26th to pick up issue number three. And after doing this, we realized we didn't have to do that at all because they were all released online as part of Comixology and the DC Comics uh, digital comics Um you could have purchased all of these before any of them were published in paper in print. And, and we didn't. We thought about it. And they're still there. They're actually still there. You can still purchase them. I think that they are 99 cents per chapter, which means if you buy them digitally, you're actually going to save a dollar off the cover price because each of these comics that we've been reading have been three 99 cover price. And each comic print issue is uh, three digital stories. And so Justice League Gods and Monsters Genesis that we're talking about, it's actually nine parts if you buy them online. Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, those are all actually three parts each. And that's, I don't know if that really matters to anyone, but I'm just telling you, if you wanted to get these, that's how you can get them. You can also go to Comic Book Time Machine slash Gods and Monsters if you would like to hear this conversation from the beginning where we start talking about the Batman comic and the Batman animated short, the Superman comic and the Superman animated short, and the Wonder Woman comic and the Wonder Woman animated short. But for this Justice League series of three issues, there is no animated short unless you want to count a 90-minute movie, and that's what we're going to talk about in the following episode that will wrap up our Gods and Monsters coverage. Oh, yeah. So Evan, how you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. Doing didn't have okay? the best day today. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry to hear that. I it's didn't right. have the best day either. I'm not going to get into it because it's kind of gross. It <laughs> has to do with feelings, and I'm not talking about those feelings that you have. Feelings of love. Yeah. Feelings of anger, happiness, or sadness. I'm talking about the feelings you have in your stomach when you're sick. And it, was it also like, has to do with Hydra. Yeah, yeah. I believe that was the phrasing I used for you was, hey, guys, I'm not at work today because last night my stomach rose up and said, hail Hydra. Yeah, I'm feeling better now and I'm ready to talk comics. Are you? I am. 
So we're tackling three issues of a comic and we're going to do the same thing though. Uh, every what if episode, I like to ask four questions and those four questions are, uh, does it stand alone as a story? Is it good? Does it explore the character or in this case characters in a way that reveals what make them tick? In other words, it's called Superman. It's called Wonder Woman. It's called Batman. It's called Justice League. So how does it explore those concepts, those, uh, I guess, fictional characters? But how does it explore them? Does it, re re does it reveal anything new about the character? And finally, is it just a good read? Is it fun? And what we're doing here, we're going to be asking those questions about the Justice League together because this is their origin story. This is how they came together as a team, although there is implied history for all three of them before this story, but they were not the Justice League when this story begins, but when this story ends, they are the Justice League. Yes. So try, I was trying to figure out how do we explore this? You know, I, we haven't done a lot of real detailed plot uh, exploration and I, I don't want to do that now going to like the, the nitty gritty details but um, as long as we cover one detail Ben okay well there's there's two things I wanted to cover as far as plot goes and one is that this entire story is narrated by Lois Lane yes and Which, did you know that going in I didn't well I figured it out you know but I didn't know it was going to be and she's definitely I mean she because she is narrating it, even though she's not on panel very much, she's very much a big part of the story. And this is all told in her voice. And so it's one of those things where I do like it because it is the voice of the narration provides a counterpoint to the things you're actually seeing in the panels. And so she might be talking exactly about what you're seeing, but she's giving it her spin. And she's not a big fan. She's not. And what's interesting is while she has some good points because we are actually watching it happen, they kind of fall flat. Her points aren't as strong as they would be if we were just taking her, her word for things. Cause we're seeing the truth yeah. in the panel. And so the, the real truth is she's kind of right, but she's going a little too far with it. And so she's she's biased. Yep. And, you know, she as she's narrating, she's indicting each member of the Justice League. She, you know, Batman is a criminal or Batman rather kills criminals and he gets results. But what's the cost? Wonder Woman is admirable. She's a goddess. And, you know, Lois Lane could possibly trust Wonder Woman, except how can you trust someone who would actually, you know, work with or throw in with someone like Superman? Who is her least favorite. Yeah. Who is ironically. who to her is a hero who's more dangerous than the bloodthirsty lunatics that he kills because she says, you know, when is he going to get tired of playing the hero? He's so powerful. If he decided not to be a good guy, it would not be good for anyone. And yeah, so that's that's her. And, and there's actually a little bit of a, a, a character arc to Lois Lane. Not much. I mean, it's basically it's almost like you're reading one of her articles or something for the what, what do they call the the planet planet, planet NZ online. planet NZ.com or something like that. Yeah. So it could be a blog post or something for the newspaper. But um, she ends it, you know, wondering, is she too cynical? 
but she doesn't believe any of the government reports. You know, so she'll say, you, you see the action happening. She'll say, well, the government says this is what happened, but really, you know, and well, Wonder Woman, Superman and Batman say that they were under control, you know, that they were being mind controlled by Dr. Psycho, but really they probably weren't. They say they were rescued by a sentient, you know, boom box, but not boom box, <laughs> boom box, <laughs> a sentient. <laughs> Mother box, I think. Uh, but really, no. You know, it, she just doesn't believe anything. Right. And she's definitely reported. I mean, this is not a journalistic report she's doing. This is a this is an opinion piece. A hardcore opinion piece. It's really interesting to read too. So it's I mean it it, it adds a nice flavor to the the comic that is a lot different than uh the rest of them. So I, I enjoyed that part. Well, when I teach comic writing and I have a, a few times taught um, seminars and stuff about writing comics, one of the things you try and really get, get out there is you don't want to, you know, you want to show, not tell, right? Mm-hmm. So you want the art to tell the story and you should use captions to, you know, at worst case scenario, captions are going to give information that the art couldn't convey, which is what Stan Lee would do when Jack Kirby would draw something that doesn't go along with the outline. And so Stan Lee would have to explain something, you know, because the artwork didn't explain it well enough. There's also though, the captions that give new information or give a new spin on what's being seen. And that's what's happening here is it gives a spin on what you're seeing. And it's actually giving a perspective of the world, the people, how they view these gods and monsters. And yeah, you're right. It, it, it's it's cool. It, it works. It could. In fact, I do think sometimes it maybe does go a little overboard, you know, where she's seeing something clearly, and but she's not believing her own eyes, basically. Right. Yeah, but but it, it works. And so you get the story about these three characters, and this fourth character is telling their story. And yeah, the other thing is. You know, Steve Trevor, who is well known for being a romantic, um, a romantic uh, interest for Wonder Woman. Lois Lane, obviously well known for being a romantic interest for Superman. In this case, she is most definitely not. And, you know, they're not getting married anytime soon. No, there will not be a Lois Lane Superman special wedding special of Justice League Gods and Monsters. Ever. Unfortunately, I would say probably it's a good unfortunately. thing. Unfortunately, yeah. that that marriage is not going to last long if it happens. No, yeah. because he's not Superman. Let's no, just be he's he's not. He's not. So what you have going on here in the story, just in broad strokes, there's a character named Jackson Alpert, and he has created what are known as the Forever People, and these are superheroes that he was inspired to create through genetics and stuff like that genetic alteration or whatever uh, by Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. He saw them and he thought, why not us? And And of course the name forever people harkens back to the forever people from the new gods in the mainstream DC comics universe. Yes. And, but, but here they're just forever people because they're, well, in some ways they are new gods 
in the, right. a literal sense. They are humans who are elevated above the rest of the world. It's this Elseworlds taking the name mm-hmm. again and and the the concept and completely turning it on its head with a new origin and new characters. So Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, they're all interested in finding out what's going on here with Jackson and his forever people. And for Batman, it means investigating who are these people and who is this Jackson Alpert? Who is he really? For Wonder Woman, she's suspicious of what they're creating. And Superman wants the treatment. He's looking at this as his opportunity to be something more, even though he already is something really, you know, above humanity. But he's right. And we dive into that a little bit in the story. And it's they're think they're saying, are you seriously that arrogant that you can't stand the fact that there might be equals to you now and you need to be stronger than them again? And and that's something actually Lois Lane even gets into is that, you know, are they. uh are they doing this? Uh, she says that she does not believe that these people came together for the protection of mankind, but instead for self-preservation and that they are eliminating threats to their power. Mm. Now that's what happens when after, you know, Superman goes in to get the treatment and it doesn't turn out the way he would have liked because wonder woman sees it as something that he's going in pain and she rescues him from the treatment and he doesn't get the finished treatment. But, um, so he doesn't get that extra boost, but then later when they're fighting uh, the the forever people and some of the other monsters that are around, um, that's where Lois Lane says, you know, that they're just there to eliminate threats to their their own power. <clears throat> so, and, and that's where you know she's kind of right. She is she's right. They didn't come together. They didn't team up to protect mankind, which is what the that's what the, the story would be on the front page when people are interviewing like Pre- President Waller or someone like that. Right. They did come. They did band together for self-preservation, you know, and it yeah, just so happened to save mankind. Right. Right. And so it's just it, it's, it, it provides an interesting narration. She's an unreliable narrator in that she gets it half right. But then her own bias causes it to you know go the one step further that you're like, well, she's wrong. You know, she's wrong about this, but she's right about this. And it, it, so it's interesting having that that uh, unreliable, unreliable narrator. Yeah. And in the story, at this point, we find out that uh, Lo or not Lois, Wonder Woman and Superman have had uh, previous romantic entanglements. Yes, or at least physical entanglements. Yes. And you know. It, Again, going to New 52, you know, where Superman and, and Wonder Woman are a uh, romantic couple um, <laughs> because, you know, they understand each other. You know, they, they are both similar in how they relate to humanity. And that's what we have kind of happening here is, you know, they can turn to each other for a physical relationship. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And we find this out because they talk about this uh, after he has been released from the treatment and he is wounded. He's hurt. You know, he is not up to his full 100% physical peak condition. Uh, The other thing we find out is that the forever people are having trouble staying, you know, they have to have constant treatments. They are not forever. And there's one especially who basically is told, look, pay up or, you know, 
here's the door. And yeah, they have to pay for these treatments to continue being healthy or else they'll die. Right. And she's out of money. Yep. She's out of money. Batman then also finds out that Albert Jackson is actually, or Jackson Albert rather, is actually Dr. Psycho from Wonder dun, Woman's dun, Past. Dun. Yeah. And just as we get that revelation, some of the creatures that Dr. Psycho had created back in the old days, well, he's he's improved on that and has created these other more powerful monsters. Dr. Psycho himself has created both gods and monsters. Uh-huh. Yeah, there he is. Well, that's then one before of the we go any further, I just want to bring up the fact that uh, you lied to me. How did I lie to you? Okay. I didn't uh, lie to you. We're not quite there yet, but uh, let's just keep that in mind, audience, that Ben lied to me when he gave me these comic books. I did not lie to anyone when I did anything. I was totally upfront, and then I thought you would not like these, which is why I wanted you to be in on this, because I just, wanted to make you uncomfortable. Just let <laughs> just let me know when we get to issue three, before you start issue all three. All right, all right. We're in issue two right now, actually. Issue one is kind of the introduction to the problem. It's act one. Act two is, you know, things are getting bad and they are, you know, conquering and they're defeating the forever people who have now set themselves up as gods and they've defeated the monsters that Dr. Psycho has created. And then after defeating these things, they give Psycho their warning. You better stop. And Psycho says, well, actually, I'm just getting started because he has (laughs) now become a giant, super giant creature being robot thing called Imperiax. Imperiax? Imperiax? Imperiax. All right, let's stop. Okay. Stop here, because now we're at issue three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the cover of issue three. Okay. Who's on the cover? Who's on the cover? Yep. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Imperiax. Galactus. Why do you... Oh, yeah, he's purple. I, I looked at this cover, and I said, oh, look, Galactus is in this book. And then Ben says to me, no, of course not. That's not Galactus. This is a DC book. Right. But then. That's not a lie. We, oh, well, but then we open the book uh-huh. and we read and we get to the end of issue two. And Dr. Psycho has transformed himself into Imperiex. Yeah. Do you know who Imperiex is? Not really. Okay. I'm a huge fan. As soon as I saw that he was Imperiax, this alternate version of Imperiax, I was sold. I was sold on the series. I was sold on everything. I'm like, I am in all the way. Okay. Okay. Because as we've previously stated, I am going through a series on my podcast about early 2000s Superman. Okay. Which is probably one of my favorites. The Static Blade. The Static Blade podcast. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And we're going through, and it's my favorite era of Superman comics. It all leads up to a big DC Comics spanning event, which we're going to get to, by the way, on my podcast, uh, if you'd like to hear about that. It's called Our Worlds at War. And the main bad guy for that giant event is Imperiax. Great. Still don't see where I'm lying to you. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Imperiax is to Galactus as Thanos is to Darkseid. You get what I'm saying here? Okay. You get what I'm saying? So, Imperiax is basically DC Comics ripoff of Galactus in the main continuity. Does he? And he doesn't look anything like this, though, does he? No, which is why now that they're reinventing him, they're throwing in an inside joke by making him look almost exactly like Galactus. It's true. I mean, he's got the skirt almost. 
And he's got the, the purple head thing. It just doesn't curve up. It just goes straight out. Yeah, it just has those kind of, I don't know, handlebars. Yep, yep. For no reason other than to look like Galactus. And so... Huh, that's funny. By looking at all this, we see that Ben has lied because Galactus is actually in here. He just changed his name. Well, I don't think I would actually call that a lie. Neither would I. I just no. wanted to say that. Yeah. Because I'm trying, I'm trying to be more like Daniel, you know? Because... Daniel does make baseless accusations. That also sounds a little bit like a kind of obscure Steve thing, Mike, maybe. From okay. Strangers and Aliens. So you're basically, you're coming onto this podcast, Comic Book Time Machine, and you are trying to play the role of my co-host on my other two podcasts. Well, like I said, I'm an alternate version. I'm an Elseworlds version of no, those you're, Yes, you're people. The, the gods and monsters version of, of Daniel. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's what a completely different for. person, but still performing the role of co-host on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in the, in this story, I mean, they. yeah, you could say they fight Imperix and they win. But that's not all that happens here. I mean, Empirix takes control of their minds, and this is where Lois Lane doesn't actually believe he took control of their minds. He, she believes that they just did it on their own, of their own free will. Uh, they break the control because of uh, the sentient mother box that frees Wonder Woman and then frees Superman and Batman. And then they together work together to strike down Empirix. We end with a new normal, which is that they have a tower now. They have a name now, and they have a relationship with the government now. The government has come in and said, you guys are too powerful, and we're either going to have to fight you or work with you. What's it going to be? And they choose the easy way, which is we're going to work with you. We'll, we'll go ahead. We'll sit in your tower. We'll call ourselves a Justice League. Here we are. And But we also then realize that the government is working on a way to bring them down just in case. For example, a giant purple robot man takes control of their minds again. And that's our new normal that is leading us into the movie Justice League Gods and Monsters. Yep. And so this is where we have those questions. You know, does it stand alone as a story? So these three issues, apparently, when you got to issue three, you were all in. I, I think question number four for you is that you liked the story. I did. Especially this was, that, uh, that Imperix Galactus. Look, I was so pumped because he is just such a massive villain in this, in this uh, event, but he like never shows up again. <laughs> Are you serious? And, what? Are you serious? Like that's, that's just what he did. And then he's yeah. gone. Yeah. Huh? It's very uncomic like they they brought him back as a villain in the Legion of Superheroes television series, the cartoon series in the second season, which you cannot buy anywhere, by the way. <laughs> so it's like he's not even there. And then this is the only <laughs> other place I've seen him. <laughs> Interesting. So I was pumped. I'm hoping that means that we'll get to see more of him in the future because he is one of my favorite bad guys just because I love Galactus. He's awesome in the Marvel Universe, but we've got nothing like him in the DC Universe except for Imperiax. So the question, though, because you're going into some, I wouldn't say arcane knowledge. I mean, there, it's a story, but uh, does it stand alone? I believe so, yes. If, I, I think I, so, too. Well, if I was picking up an Elseworld comic, 
it would stand alone as its own Elseworld comic without having to read the background stories of the other heroes. I, and I also think that it stands alone without being called Justice League. I mean, if this was called U.S. Heroes or something like that. Yeah. And at the end, the president comes and says, now we're going to call you U.S. Heroes. Yeah. You know, because I can see that. I think that this still works. You don't have to know Justice League. You don't have to know Superman or Wonder Woman or Batman. It works. But does it explore them in a way that reveals what makes them tick? Does it explore them in a new way? Does it does it tell us anything about the Justice League name, the Justice League team? And in one way, it kind of does. It's that kind of Kirk and Spock thing where no matter what universe they're in, they're drawn together and they're going to be friends. And that's the same with Batman and Superman and to a lesser extent. But but you still see it happening. Wonder Woman. Where if there's a Batman and there's a Superman and they exist in a world together, they're going to end up together. One way or another. Flashpoint. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, they they don't really end up together in that. But um they're going to they're going to end up being either friends or rivals, you know, but that's the nature of you know, Superman and Batman are two sides of the same coin. And so the question is, are they two sides of the same coin here? And they kind of are. Yep. They kind of are. One is fighting against the power that he has and, you know, doesn't want to, you know, create victims because of his power. And the other one is creating victims because of his power, but he's okay with it, you know, but they both are choosing to channel their power against evil. Um, the, you know, then you throw in Wonder Woman into the mix and you have that Trinity which is another good Wonder Woman story, by the way. It's a good yeah, Batman. Yeah, I like that one. Good Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman story, but it's another good one. Um, and they're a Justice League. It, it, so I mentioned that they actually, you know, combined powers, joined together to stop Imperix. They literally, all three, take hold of the sword, of the Wonder Woman's sword, and use that to strike down Imperix. The three of them together. You know, and so that, you know, does it explore, you know, a team Justice League? Yeah, it, it kind of does. It tells us, you know, they're stronger together than they are apart. Yep. Um, in the context of this world, gods and monsters being stronger together than they are apart is not necessarily a comforting thing, say to a Lois Lane. <laughs> no, but it is comforting for the characters themselves because Batman's finally got friends um, and they save Superman's life. He would have died if they hadn't come back for him. Well, they say Superman's life, Batman's life was kind of saved by Superman. When you know, super, they keep alluding to this, he found me, you know, when I was eating a rat on a dock or something like that. Yeah, and and so you know, Superman basically kind of saved Batman uh, from a really difficult life, and Superman brings him blood of some of his victims. <laughs> Which is really morbid. Yeah. Uh, Batman says, I don't want to know where this came from, do I? Superman's like, no. And I'm just thinking, wait a minute. I mean, you've gone around murdering people for years to get their blood. Bad people. What's what's different about this one? You know, unless unless it's you know not bad people, it's just random people, I guess. I don't know. But the implication is the terrorists that he just fought are the ones that he got the blood from. Yeah. Uh, but does it reveal anything new about the Justice League? I don't think it really does. No. I, I mean, 
this is in some ways kind of rote. Here's three superheroes. Here's a problem. Together they can stop it. Apart they can't. You know, that's that's pretty much any team story. Right. I think the twist is that the the government comes in and kind of forces them to jo- make a team. And the government names it the Justice League. And I, that's kind of the twist on the, on the yeah, usual uh, origin story. But not, not an unheard of twist. Not an unseen twist. Yeah. So. But yeah, then question number four. <laughs> is it fun? Is it fun? Is it fun? I would say yes, with the caveat of I could have done without the uh, sexual content. And I think there's some language I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend this one for uh, people who struggle with immodesty because there's lots of uh, almost nude cartoon drawings in this one, and it might cause some people to stumble if they were to uh, stumble upon it. Yeah, and I'd say it's it's not a bad read. Uh, I'm no. not, you know, like all like all of them, it's a dark world. It's not the funnest read. Um, Lois Lane's observations are they're good observations but they aren't fun you know they aren't like you're reading a a real witty clever you know funny narrator you're you're reading a narrator who's cynical and uh dour and and angry at these people so but i i think that the uh use of the title justice league gods and monsters definitely plays up here yes you know and, and a lot of it comes from lois lane saying you know recognizing uh these guys are monsters and wonder woman may not be a monster but she hangs out with monsters so yeah how can you trust that well then you have psycho dr psycho's making actual monsters it's true and then proclaims himself a god while actually being a giant monster and so, like I said, Psycho was creating gods and monsters because the forever people were kind of setting themselves up as gods. Yep, with an actual city in the clouds. Yeah. I mean, there definitely is reminiscent of, you know, the halls of, of Valhalla or Olympus or something like that, where they're actually yep. holding court, you know, and they had a war to find out who would be in charge. And, yeah. Is it fun? Let me tell you who's fun. Imperiex is fun. <laughs> Maybe not in this one because he's actually like nothing like his actual other self, but his other self, he's fun. Well, I was just going to say, though, you know, the question, does it reveal anything new about the character? To me, it does now. Yeah. I mean, that go. whole idea of this being kind of a joke, a twist on the Galactus identity of Imperiex. That is new. And that is a that is character revelation right there. Uh, that yeah. reveals something about Imperiex from the original universe. But, you know, yeah, I I think that they they get extra points for that one. I would really love to find out if that's if that's really what they were intending. Oh, they, there's no way it's not what they were intending. I mean, there's there's no way that was. Well, a you're right. I mean, he's wearing he's wearing the skirt. Yeah. And he's got, the, the seller for me was the headdress, and he's, it's the same colors as Galactus. Yeah, and the mask itself, I mean, even without the earpieces, it's got that open mouth area, and man. Well, 
I may not have lied, but I I <laughs> sure did not catch that. So, well, you are free to borrow my Our Worlds at War graphic novels whenever you have the time to read them. Yeah, I don't know when I would have the time to read them, but thank you. No problem. If you don't have the time to read them, we're going to get to them eventually on the Static Blade podcast. So, all right. Well, I think it's time for us to shut this episode down then, because we have a big episode tomorrow, which will be about the uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters animated film, which was released July 28th. uh, So actually a month before issue three hit the stands. But then, like I said, most of these were available in digital form before. And maybe we could have saved some money if we had gone that route, but we did not go that route. So we instead have these issues. And yeah, so overall, I, I, I would recommend as a read. Yeah, the Justice League Gods and Monsters graphic novel that will inevitably come out. It's worth it's worth your time if you found it and were interested. You'd be reading a good comic, a solid story. But it's not something I'm going to say, run out and get right now. You know, it, it just it just isn't that great. It's just good. It's solid. That's that's my recommendation. It Borrow from the library if it's there and you're looking for something to read from the library. Go for it. But don't 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 look at this as as like a, a must read or a new classic or anything like that. Yeah. And I would just. Once again, I don't know who listens to the podcast, The Age Ranges, but I've got some guys in my small group from my uh, church youth group who might listen to this. And so I'm just going to throw in there the caveat about the content in there. If you've got uh, sensitivities to that sort of thing with uh, uh, sexual innuendo and uh, immodesty, even if it's just drawn, uh, maybe take a second thought about that. But yeah, uh, writing-wise and story-wise, it's pretty good. So all that said, um, I'm only going to do this two more times, Evan, at least two more times this week. (laughs) Where can people find you online? Well, I think I've plugged my podcast enough. but You never said the link, though, this episode. So go ahead and give us the link, and then we'll we'll move on from there. All right. The link is facebook.com slash staticbladepodcast. We'd love to have you over there. Leave a comment. And as always, you can find me at comicbooktimemachine.com. Also, strangersandaliens.com and welcome to level7.com. Welcome to level7. We have just finished up or will have just finished up very soon the uh, Daredevil coverage. And season three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is starting up pretty soon. I'm excited about that. And Comic Book Time Machine, after this series, you'll get a, a Matt episode coming up here. And uh, I think another another uh, Marvel sci-fi episode is coming up soon. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, all I can really say is Godspeed.